Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. And it's a Monday, of course, and it's uh, I like Mondays. This is a challenging Monday for sure, a challenging time in our world. But I know that uh, you are staying steadfast, keeping your eyes fixed on the Lord. I think that's what we're all doing right now, trusting in his sovereignty and in his might and in his power. He controlled the wind and the waves. And the disciples said, the apostles said, who is this man? That controls everything. Well, that's the that's the God we serve. So I'm very glad that we've got this time together. And there's a lot of people home today working from home. You might have the radio on in the background. There might be kids at home as well. I'll tell you right up front, this hour is going to be adult-oriented. Just so you know, um, we're going to be talking with uh, Lowell Seashore. He's written a book called Dangerous Men, Beginning the Process of Lust-Free Living. And he's got a couple uh, of his graduates of the program, people who have gone through the program, and who are now doing groups with other uh, young men. And uh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to bring them on the show as well today. But as you know, this is a, a tricky subject, and I know these guys are want to talk turkey with us, but um, I've asked them just to, just to be careful and uh, also for you to just have a, a full warning that there could be some words that you would have to then turn around and explain to your kids, which you might not feel like doing today. But we are living in a time right now with all the pressures of life, and there's more opportunities than ever before, I think, for people to have a relapse. I mean, people are home, they're quarantining, they're maybe self-medicating, and if you're fighting the fight, maybe you can't be going to your support group, maybe you're feeling a little disconnected and anxious, maybe you're thinking that your job might be gone, who knows, but there's a lot of reasons where you have a a possibility of relapsing. And we just want to make sure that you're going to stay nice and strong, uh, whether it's drugs or alcohol or uh, online addiction of any kind, whether it be a sexual nature or a shopping addiction or who knows what. But I know I've been spending today talking about this uh, just with George a little bit, but I think it's a good topic to continue on today. So I'm going to take a little break. When I come back, uh, Lowell Seashore is going to be joining me. And then a little bit later in the program, a couple of men that have gone through the program. So let's take 60 seconds and bring on Lowell. Are you afraid of the coronavirus? With all the hype you hear on the news and in political debates, it's easy to become fearful even though you are at a very low risk of getting this virus. Remember, your hope is in the Lord, not in the evening news. God is your salvation. Trust in Him. Don't be afraid. Again and again in the Bible, He commands, Fear not, because I am with you. Fear is a lack of faith in God. Isn't it good to know the promises of God? In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, Whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And in 2 Timothy 1, 7, Paul writes, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When you demonstrate peace in the midst of crisis that passes understanding, it will be a vibrant witness to your family, your friends, and to the world. 
A helpful message from the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Welcome back to the show. thought I would mention again, and I'll do this uh, throughout the entire show, that we're going to be having a, uh, an adult, more of an adult conversation that might, you might hear some words that would be uh, not the kind of words you typically hear on Faith Radio, but I've asked all the guys just to try to keep it as generic as possible, and I'm sure they will do their very best. Uh, my, my guest is the author of a book called Dangerous Men, Beginning the Process of Lust-Free Living, and the author is Lowell Seashore, and he's joining me today on my studio line. Lowell, welcome. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. First of all, cool name, Seashore. I I, I have to say, you're my first Seashore that I've met. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the story I heard is my great-grandfather. It used to be Anderson. <laughs> they came yeah. uh, from, from Sweden. And uh, they changed the name somewhere in Iowa as they moved north. Oh, that's a great, uh, it's a great name. Once you hear it, you don't forget it. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Now, today I've been chatting a little bit. I talked to my co-host of Real Recovery about the recovery from addiction of all kinds. And, you know, it's an interesting time with people being stuck at home. And when I say stuck, I mean, they're, we're supposed to be self-quarantining and being very careful and with what's going on in the world, there's a lot of people full of anxiety and fear, and there's certainly a lot of opportunity for self-medication. And, of course, I think this is a, a very challenging topic for many. And uh, I'm, I'm just real curious to hear about uh, your book and the program. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about how you got to writing Dangerous Men. It was by accident, almost. <laughs> I... Uh, so- Somewhere along the line, uh, God decided to teach me about the spiritual world, you know, that it was real and and here. And uh, then I was kind of learning that uh, a lot from uh, Neil, Neil T. Anderson's books. Yeah. And then I uh, went to church at our church, and there was a baptism of this kid who gave his testimony. He's a former gang member of the Gangster Disciples in Minneapolis. And he was talking about how he uh, went and uh, was dealing drugs in Northtown Mall, and this woman, middle-aged woman was sitting on a bench, and he was kind of drawn to her, and she led him to Jesus. Wow. And then he uh, went back, and he had this... Uh, he did the... Tre- he was a treasurer for part of the gang, and the books uh, in the next few days disappeared where he had them hidden and no one ever found them. So the gang thought that he still was stealing. So they put a hit on him to kill him. So he ran away to my little town west of Minneapolis here uh, because he had an aunt who lived here. And they started going to my church. And in the during this baptism, the Holy Spirit was kind of nudging me like, mentor him. You should mentor him. And through the years, I've <laughs> I kind of realized when you think it's the Holy Spirit, you should obey. Yes. And I didn't really want to. <laughs> I didn't want to see any more kids. We had some foster teenage foster kids at that time too. And so I just told someone in the church that they should tell him if he wanted to speak to me, he could call me. And I figure he's eighteen; he's not going to call this guy in the church he doesn't know. 
But within a week, he calls me and said, yeah, I've been praying for a mentor. And I said, oh, okay. And then, uh, so he's, I started meeting with him. And then one day, this other young guy calls me and said, hey, uh, I hear you're you're helping uh, young men. Are you working with young men? And I and I'm trying not to at this point. And I'm saying uh, maybe. What do you want? He goes, Well, I hear that you're you're helping young men. You know, well, maybe. What do you want? And he, he, well, can I come over? I hear that you you give him a book or something. And that and at that time it was uh, Neil Anderson's book. And I said, Yeah, you can come over. So he just lived a few blocks away. I didn't know the kid. But he went to my church, and then he just kept hanging around, and finally he said, you know, I'm addicted to that M-word, I can't say. Mm-hmm. And, um, can you help me or not? And I'm thinking, this is a 15-year-old kid being that bold in front of other people. He doesn't know. Yes, I could help you. So uh, then the Holy Spirit was nudging me to call, or not call, but pray for these four other kids in the church. One I knew, the other ones I didn't know really. And so I just started praying and they just start calling me. Hey, I hear uh, you work with young men with sexual issues. I, I Can I come? And I'm thinking, I never said that. <laughs> and yes, you could come. And it's the best you know, ministry I've ever done. I pray, they just all called me, except for one kid. And then when I was praying for him, the the spirit was just saying, He's too shy. You got to go to him. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so he did, it wasn't too hard because he worked across the street from my office at that time. So I walked across the street and said, hey, uh, would you like to join? And he just goes, oh, yeah, I was just too shy to tell you. To call you. <laughs> so I had I had this group and then I volunteered at my church. You know, they had small groups for young people and and the youth pastor said, fine, you could have that group. And then when I came to the group, there was other kids there. I said, no, you can't be in this group. And they go, no, we're not leaving. We meant to call you. So the lessons I gave those kids, then some of them went off to college, and they would call me and say, you know, give us this lesson and give us that lesson. And then, you know, I just had these rough notes of the lessons. So I had to write them out. And then I got enough calls to think, you know, maybe I should write this out for other people mm-hmm. because it seems to be helping these young men. And that's how it started. It took me about a year to make it short because I also figure young men don't read very much. Yeah. So each chapter is about four or five pages. And short and concise, that was the hard part. Uh, but And then I just self-published and, and it's gone all over the United States now and several different countries. Wow. All right, Lowell. Here, so I, I, well, here's a couple. A plan. Yeah, I get that. Here's a couple things that I just love as we're getting started. I love the story of the gang member at a mall for some reason uh, being attracted to some middle-aged woman who leads him to Christ. Oh, come on, yeah, that's just isn't that cool? gold. <laughs> yes, and that as that woman went to the mall that day, who would think that she would be in a position to lead? a gang member to the Lord. So uh, right. a reminder to right. everybody. It had to be fun for her. Oh, yeah. I mean, a reminder to everybody, be equipped, be ready, and be prepared to share the gospel. And and notice who's around you, okay? And then secondly, how these young men who are 
uh, aware of their problem, their their issue with lust and porn, and they are coming to you saying, I understand you've got something to tell us and share with us. And then you kind of saying, well, eh, I guess I, you know, could, I can share this. And then all of a sudden, after a, a series of time, you put a book together and now it's going out all over. And it offers a lot of practical yeah. tools, shame-free, and it's biblically based. So uh, that's good. Yeah, it's geared toward young men. I mean, it's the whole audience. It, mostly I try to uh, pursue college age, but older high school kids yeah, uh, and college. And, you know, it's gone out now enough to there's uh, groups up to 30 years old, even they're using it in different churches around. So Yeah. It's very blunt, though. I get that. I get that. But it's interesting, yeah. too, Lowell, that there are kids now being exposed uh, pretty young, younger than ever before, because they've got their own little personal cell phones and devices, and all of a sudden oh, yeah, they're the 10 or... I, the or yeah, the, the 10 or 11-year-olds that are, are seeing images that are going to be uh, rattling their world. Oh, the numbers now are the average age of seeing hardcore pornography is 10. Which wow. is amazing. Yeah, it I mean, is. What does a ten-year-old do with that? Yeah, with it's that unbelievable. Image? And yeah, and and uh, in the book, well, in the, the book is, um, it's like things that I've learned. It, it doesn't. It starts with identity in Christ, and then sexuality is a good thing, and then spiritual warfare. How do you fight with truth? And then about temptations and forgiveness, and you know battling lust and what's in our minds, not how we, uh, you know, portray it or what we do with it and real accountability. So, uh, those are the process it goes through. Yeah. But it's really a process, not a program. I keep telling people that. Okay. And it's, and it's not a sexual addiction thing. Uh, this is really prevention and discipleship. Cause I love it. My whole life, I've just felt like Jesus says, go and make disciples. And this is part of discipleship and, and my way of, I start with the sexual issues, but it deals with everything else. Too. Okay. Well, let me take a little break. Now, I'm also going to add into the program a couple of uh, young men who have gone through the program, Grant and Shay. They've uh, agreed to come on the program as well. I'm also going to open it up to listeners who may have a question. You can send the text question to 877-933-2484. We are back with author Lowell Seashore. He's written a book called Dangerous Men, Beginning the Process of Lust-Free Living. I just want to give all our listeners a little heads up that the conversation today, or it's going to be um, on the adult side. So just to uh, be careful with the younger ears. I mean, the really younger ears, of course. And I just want to give you that heads up. I have asked everyone to be uh, super, super respectful, which, of course, I know they will be. So I just want to give you that heads up as well. Um, Lowell, I, I appreciate the fact that you're wanting this to be discipleship because Boy, that's the calling God has given us to go out and make disciples. And so thank you for taking that approach and, and making this a part of discipleship. Because I think young men are, this is a missing piece, isn't it? Yes, for sure. 
I mean, when it comes to having uh, adult conversations about important things like this, um, it's, I don't know if they are getting it from parents or grandparents, but it's something that does need to be discussed. So I appreciate the book. I, I would appreciate, too, before I bring the other guys on, um, when you talk about it being a process, can you give me a little bit more information about that? Well, you know, if it, when I think of a program, it's kind of like you do it and you're done. Right. Well, this is a lifelong process. This is like, how do you actually take a thought captive in obedience to Christ? This is, you know, how do you fight uh, spiritually first? How do you fight with the truth? Because the truth sets us free. It's very practical, uh, you know, and how, you know, like in the church, we've been taught, like, don't do this and don't do that. But then these young men don't know how to stop. I mean, they all feel terrible, but they don't know how to stop. And, mm-hmm. and this is uh, more of an offense and a defense. You know, so the defense things are like put a filter on your Internet and and things like that. But I've never seen a young man that can't get around that stuff. The offense is, you know, like learn to fight spiritually first, learn to take thoughts captive, learn to fight with truth. And, and renounce lies, those kind of things, and talk about it with their parents or their peers. But sadly, we as a church, we've done a pretty poor job of being able to talk about these issues out there. And it's 99% of all Christian young men and all young men that have experiencing these struggles. Mm-hmm. And Lowell, I think your your point is it is uh, can be a very awkward conversation, but if if the statistics are 99%, of young men are struggling then and we're uh, we're missing the boat if we're not having the conversation aren't we oh yeah um so i i love the fact that there's a defense and an offense um when you talk about taking thoughts captive to christ i know we've talked about that as believers all the time what does that look like when it comes to um that and this uh discussion well to take thoughts captive, I always wanted to know, well, how do I do that? Yeah, and I think we all do. The real simple basic is, you know, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the thought that, whatever it is, and I accept or I renounce the lie that I'm worthless, and I accept the truth that you said that I am worthwhile in your sight. So it's like truth and lie statements. Or when a, when a lustful thought comes in uh, in your mind, it's just like, no, I renounce that thought in the name of Jesus. I'm not going there. I'm not going down there, that path. Uh, those kind of things. Well, that's... Uh, it's really talking out loud. Yeah. Uh, and if it's out loud, I, you know, I, I don't think Satan or evil ones can read our minds like God can. They don't have the power of God, but they could hear that. It also helps us psychologically because we hear ourselves saying it too. You know, it helps us emotionally because we're very holistic people. You know, it's it's the spiritual and the emotional and the intellectual and the physical. So we have to deal with all those areas all the time. We, sadly, we just tend to miss the spiritual a lot. It's interesting, Lowell, that you're suggesting too how important it is to be speaking these words out loud um, and just to yeah. be taking these thoughts captive. And, and even what you had just mentioned, I'd love for you to say it again, because it almost should be a nice uh, phrase that, that young men or men that struggle with this can have ready to recite out loud. If you repeat what you just said, I'd find that fascinating if you would. 
Okay, we have to say it in the in the name and the power of Jesus Christ, of or in the name of Jesus, because that's the power that we're looking for. In the name of Jesus, we renounce the lie that, whatever the lie is. Yes, and we yes. accept the truth that. So we renounce the lie that. Uh, whatever you're struggling with, whatever the thought is, because you could have you could have thoughts all day long. It's like don't believe everything you think. <laughs> You know, it's like uh, you, it, there are a lot of ways that we can get negative thoughts, our own flesh, or the evil ones push thoughts in, and and it's like, no, that's not me. That's not who I am in Christ. In the name of Jesus, I renounce that thought, and I accept the truth that. Mm-hmm. And then, Lowell, what happens when, you know, there's people struggling, and maybe the guys will be able to answer this, uh, but when you're, you always say to yourself, I'm trying harder, but it's not working. Yeah, uh, I think that we all have got to points in our lives where we're trying trying harder, but it's not working. And I do believe that that's because we haven't learned to fight in the spiritual world for spiritual results. Mm. And if we take the time to learn how to fight spiritually first, like, you know, like, let's say you renounce a lie that you're believing that you're stupid or anything that comes into your mind and you renounce it out loud and say the truth of who God says you are, then uh, that would, in the spiritual world, that could shut it down right away. And if it doesn't, that just means that, well, there's something else going on, maybe an emotional issue or maybe, you know, uh, something else. But if you do it spiritually, fight against it spiritually first, it tends to clear up a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we are are certainly living in a in a sexually very sick world. I mean, unlike ever before. Is that fair? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, none of this was the issue, you know, before every kid had a iPorn right. or iPhone. You know, I mean, they have it. Uh, young kids have it twenty four hours a day, and it really. And I say it again. All parents need to defensively put blocks on, but every kid will see it no matter what. So you also have to have an offense to teach them how to think and to pray and react and fight. I think that's, uh, I'm excited to talk to the guys. We're getting awfully close to our bottom of the hour break, but I do want to, when we come back, I want to get Grant and Che on. There are a couple of guys who have gone through this program and they're now helping others, aren't they? They are, and there's a lot of young men like this, so they're, it's kind of fun. Both of these uh, uh, went to Northwestern. So. Fantastic. Yeah, I knew that. So when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Lowell Seashore, and Grant and Shea are going to join the program. And if you have questions or you would like us to uh, elaborate on something you've heard already, please let me know what it is. Send me a text over to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-93-FAITH. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the show. It's great to have Lowell Seashore uh, on the program today. He's written a book called Dangerous Men, Beginning the Process of Lust-Free Living. And I've got a couple of requests already coming in. I got to tell you, uh, Lowell, you struck a nerve with what you said. You should speak out loud in the name of Jesus. I renounce the lie. Um, I just had someone say, can you have your guest repeat that one more time? I can't write fast enough. <laughs> sure. It's not really you know, that we get the exact words. Yeah, it's just a good it, guideline. It is a good guideline, you know. So it, it, it's just truth and lie statements. It's kind of like, I renou- in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that, and I accept the truth that. Nice. So it can go for anything. And then it also could, you could say, you know, in the name of Jesus, I renounce, or I, I just renounce that thought, whatever the thought I just had. Yeah. Because uh, we know that the spiritual battle is in our minds. Uh, uh, and Paul says in Second Corinthians, you know, it's like uh, w- we have the divine power to demonic strongholds. Well, strongholds are in our mind. Or demonic, uh, sorry, to demolish arguments, which is in our minds. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Where's the knowledge of God? In our minds. So we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And the thought is in our minds. So basically, most of the spiritual battle is in how we think and in our minds. And we always have to fight that with truth. It's not a, I would say it's not a power encounter. It's a a truth encounter. I love that. Yeah. And I think there is victory that, that men can start having tonight with that simple step of denouncing yeah. the lie and speaking the truth of what God uh, says about us. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let me just remind the listeners one more time that we're having a very adult conversation today with a little seashore. And I'm going to bring uh, Shay and Grant onto the program uh, in just a minute, but also just let you know, it's maybe not always for the younger ears, but uh, you can listen to the podcast if if you've got children at home right now, and if you're working at home. All right, let's uh, let's welcome uh, Shay and Grant to the show, gentlemen. Welcome. Hey. Hello. Thanks for doing this. This is awfully nice. You guys are familiar with where I am right now, aren't you? We are. I am uh, at the University of Northwestern. You guys are both graduates of uh, the school. Am I correct? Go Eagles. Yep. Go Eagles. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't know who wants to go first, Grant or Shea, but maybe you could talk a little bit about your encounter with this uh, discipleship, this this program. Process, I should say. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I can go first. Um, so I initially was introduced to Dangerous Men and Lowell back in high school. So I actually went to Orno High School, um, which is near where Lowell's from, and I grew up about like three or four miles from his house. And uh, one of my buddies invited me over to a group that he was in, one of the dangerous men groups. And um, he said, hey, you want to come over to this guy's house? We're having a Bible study. And I was like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. So this is my senior year of high school. And uh, so I show up over there. My buddy had no idea that I was um, internally struggling with um, an addiction to porn and that sort of thing. And um so I show up at Lowell's house for Bible study and sit down in, in the circle of guys. And my buddy is the only one that I knew. And I showed up a little bit late in his back deck and uh, sit down. And Will asked me, when was the last time uh, that you struggled with lust and looked at porn? And I was like, I thought this was a Bible study. <laughs> I'm at the wrong place. <laughs> and um, and so that's 
the first group that I went through, I went through this, uh, the study and the steps of freedom and then um, went to college. And uh, I was under the misconception that a bunch of guys at Northwestern, everyone's got this figured out. And I'm um, the lone one out here and uh, kind of had a relapse, I guess, my freshman year of college. And I figured out that I needed to surround myself with dudes that um, I can go through this with and, and go to battle with. And so um, was able to start up and lead another group at uh, Northwestern, and that's how I met Shay. And Shay, tell me your uh, your experience as well. Yeah, yeah. So Grant and I were actually uh, roommates in college, and um, Grant quickly realized I was spending a lot of uh, time in the bathroom, um, and I think he put put two and two together. Um, <laughs> and came to the conclusion, so he invited me to to Dangerous Men. And I kind of had the same experience as him where first time I went um, to a group, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, and then I got asked, um, when's the last time you looked at porn? And I was like, uh, like months ago, which was a lie. It was probably yesterday or that day. Um, and yeah, so I actually didn't end up going to the first group. I kind of bowed out, but then Grant being my roommate and he was obviously super involved, um, pushed me to do it and I ended up doing it. Um, and since then, um, I've led, I don't know, 10, 15 different groups, um, through the study. And right now, um, there's a there's kind of this cool movement that's going on in Minneapolis where um, God's kind of providing um, Grant and I access to all these leaders of all these awesome men's ministries. Um, one's called uh, Boys Brecky, shout out to the boys, and then another um, is called Clean, which is a, a group at Substance, um, and essentially he's kind of given us um, access to the leaders of these different men's groups. Um, and we've been able to take the leaders through the groups, and then they actually go out and disciple all the people um, in their ministries. So that discipleship process is just alive and active in Minneapolis, and it's it's been awesome. There's been about, I don't know, probably 40 to 60 guys, um, age range like 20 to 30, that have gone through the study in the past past few months. So pretty incredible. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, I um I do a show about recovery of all kinds on weekends, which I'm sure you guys listen to all the time with uh, my co-host George Fraser, who's probably listening right now and loving the fact he's getting his name set on the air right now. But he said that uh that the only men that don't struggle with porn are the ones who've never seen it. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. almost everybody's seen it, so now that tells you what's happening. Right. Now, um, this is a, a really a preventative process, and I would love for Grant and Shay for you guys to talk about some of the tools that maybe you can put in listeners' uh, hands even today. Uh, what, are, what are some things that they can start doing? I mean, Lowell gave us that great illustration of, of speaking against, denouncing the lie, and speaking the truth. I, I'd love some more things like that. Yeah, I mean, one of the the most important things that you can do is um, know know the truth. <laughs> so, diving into the Bible and figuring out um, who God says we are and who we are in Christ, 
and really understanding our identity in Christ. Um, that's kind of the foundation uh, for everything, for fighting spiritually, because if we don't know what the truth is, how can we tell what a lie is? Uh, we need the truth to recognize lies, and we need the truth to be able to battle and fight spiritually. So, um, yeah, there's in the book, there's a, a great list of um, a bunch of verses that kind of tell us who we are in Christ. Um, and just kind of the idea of um, another thing that's helped me is really separating um, feelings from truth. Okay. Um, so a lot of times, like, say I just looked at porn and I'm feeling really shameful and bad. It's like I can tell myself, like, just because I feel bad and I don't feel like I'm worthy, um, that doesn't mean I'm not actually worthy and that I'm not a son or a child of the king anymore. Um, my feelings aren't true. Um, God's word is true. Um, like, and the truth there is, is like, I'm God's child, I'm his friend, I'm justified, um, I'm free forever from condemnation, and those are all verses. So um, just kind of knowing that our feelings aren't true, but what God says about us, that's always absolutely true, has helped me out a lot. So when you're having discussions with guys um, in your circle of influence and, you know, people you meet, how do you broach this subject with them? Um, and I'd be curious if you feel comfortable sharing uh, how you learned uh, or didn't learn um, about things growing up. Did you hear about, uh, did a youth counselor at church talk about this? Did parents talk about this, grandparents? Um, is it an awkward subject? Was it an awkward subject or was it openly discussed? I would say um, growing up, it was definitely, there was always like the one youth group sermon or like series that they do of like two or three sermons where we talk about it, um, but not much more than that. And then um, with my parents growing up, I remember my dad uh, took me up to our cabin for a weekend and we'd listen to uh, the adolescent tapes that um, folks on the family and James Dobson put out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then outside of me getting caught and them finding search history on a computer um, and kind of getting a slap on the wrist of like, this is bad and you shouldn't be doing this. There wasn't a whole lot else, um, I guess, vocalized. Um, so I knew it was wrong and I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing what, doing it, but I didn't know um, how to deal with it, I guess. And so on a peer level, um, I just found out that every guy pretty much struggles with it at some level. So if I'm the first one to take that step of vulnerability and just say where I'm at, um, other guys, they see that vulnerability and they're like, oh, well, this guy's dealing with it. And so I can be way more honest and open as opposed to um, you trying to broach that and ask them about it. Um, then there are more guards up, I think. But um, I've just found that just being straight up vulnerable and real and authentic with guys has been super helpful in being able to broach that. And I don't know if that was uh, Shay or Grant talking just now? That was Grant, sorry. That was Grant. Oh, perfect. Okay. So, Shay, do you have a, a comment as well about that? Yeah, yeah, about the first time I found porn and no, all that. No, just curious about your upbringing. Did you, did you have talks with uh, youth pastors, parents, grandparents, uh, older brothers, <clears throat> I mean, sure. was it an awkward conversation or was it, uh, let me just tell you how this, uh, what you're going to be up against. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean my story is really similar to Grant. Uh, I actually went up on a weekend retreat with my dad. We talked about it, listened to, to some tapes, and it was super awkward. Um, kind of wanted to uh, duck out of that conversation as soon as possible. But then in the church, there's a few sermons here or there that um, outlined um, the the issue. Um, and typically what they did is they kind of told all the defensive strategies um, that you could use to, to fight your addiction to porn, and they never really dove into the offensive strategy, which is spiritual warfare. Um, but, but yeah. All right, let me take a, a short break. Um, I know I'm going to offer some uh, more opportunities for listeners with questions or comments. Uh, 877-933-2484 is the text line. And the author of the book uh, we're talking about is Lowell Seashore. And he's got a couple of uh, men who have, uh, are in the process of this wonderful discipleship he's got with uh, younger men. It's, and the book is called Dangerous Men, Beginning the Process of Lust-Free Living. We'll take a short break and be back in just a minute. My guest, Lowell Seashore, has written a book called Dangerous Men, Beginning the Process of Lust-Free Living. I have to say my guests are doing a spectacular job uh, stepping around a couple of things, and I'm sure that you're never uh, this polite when you're in groups of other young men because you want to talk turkey with them (laughs) and give it to them straight and not hide the truth at all. But I appreciate on this uh, station that you're uh, doing a little bit of uh, sidestepping, which I appreciate, and I just want to give my listeners a heads up that... uh, that this is adult conversation, of course, as we talk about uh, the process of lust-free living. Um, but I'm fascinated, guys, after having been discipled and going through this process, you've got this great appetite now of sharing your hope and some of the uh, things that you've learned from this uh, program process. i got to stop saying program. Um, but I would love for you to um, uh, in- encourage men out there, but also encourage the parents and grandparents who are listening, because they're going to feel a responsibility to to say something as well, because it's probably a better chance that parents and grandparents are listening than 20-year-olds. So anyone wanting to offer some language that the grandparents or parents might be able to freely use? I think yeah, that's I mean, pretty difficult. <laughs> you beg your pardon? Go for it, Lowell. Uh, uh, it, it's difficult because uh, young men don't uh, feel this shame, so much shame about it, uh, that it's hard for them to open up for, to their parents. But I think everything you could do to make it shame-free uh, would be very advantageous. You know, like, uh, so... Part of the issue is, is our theology is a little off with young men. It's like they feel uh, super shameful because uh, they get the theology wrong about wh- when did Jesus forgive our sins? Uh, well, he when he died on the cross. So all our sins were future to him at that point. So it's like 
uh, you're already forgiven for what you've just done. You don't have to ask for forgiveness like he's going to decide if he's going to forgive you or not. He's already forgiven you. You're just accepting that forgiveness. So anything you could do to make it shame-free and helpful, you know, is a huge start. And um, guys, uh, Grant and Shay, maybe talk a little bit about group size, accountability. Um, How long do you guys connect for? Um, Tell me what goes on with the length of the discipleship and all that. Yeah, so the study is typically eight weeks long. Um, and then at the end, we have a retreat, which we call the Freedom Retreat. Um, and those eight weeks are um, usually every single week, once a week we meet. And at the beginning of the study, we ask all the guys to make a commitment to coming to every single week. Because um, the idea is, is if we're going to be there every time, we expect them to be there every time. And that commitment um, kind of... Uh, Breeds, breeds accountability, and each um, week we we meet and we kind of go through everybody's what we call updates, um, which essentially is just how your week was. Uh, did you stumble? Um, ask specific accountability questions, and um, then after that time, we go into one of the chap- eight chapters of of, of the book, um, and it's really cool because. Um, going into the group, we usually ask the guys to bring someone that they would be comfortable being accountable with. Um, and then during that eight-week process, they kind of get into that habit and discipline of being accountable, and they kind of they begin to learn um, about what being accountable means um, just by the leaders of the group kind of guiding and helping them understand what questions they need to ask. Um, yeah. Grant, you want to dive into the accountability piece? Yeah, we're all talking. That's okay, Lowell. You go first. Accountability, uh, the way I grew up in church, was like be a cop for me. And the way I see it now is accountability is not asking someone to be a cop, but a fighting partner. Come alongside of me. Walk with me. Help me. You know, and I'll help you at the same time. I love that. Okay. Who else? Who's up next? Oh, that's uh, exactly what I was going to say as well. Um, and just to add to that aspect of accountability, um, it almost kind of hitting back on that shame and identity aspect of if you're coming at it from that um, mindset that um, someone's coming to you as a cop of like, what did you mess up with this week? Mm-hmm. As opposed to uh, the accountability that uh, we teach through dangerous men and is super effective and helpful is I want to be in accountability and it's actually the person who is messing up or stumbling or um, is um, needing to reach out. They want to reach out because they want the help of their brothers um, to be able to be, be praying for them and that sort of thing. So it's not a, um, Oh, I feel bad. What did I mess up with? It's I need you guys to come by my side in order to get through this type of mindset, which is super helpful. (laughs) Yeah, and I just, I mean, encourage anybody listening that, like, the reality is you can't, you can't become less free alone. Like that, that's just something that won't happen. You need, you need to find an accountability partner, and you need to uh, accept the truth that you need help and you need someone to hold you accountable. Because um, like, the fact is that sexual lust is, it's just 
too difficult to, to battle alone. You need that, that fighting partner alongside you to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, are internet filters uh, uh, worthwhile, or is there just a lot of easy ways to get around those? <laughs> I think it's uh, helpful because you don't want to inadvertently be exposing yourself good to point. things. Yeah, good point. Uh, it's like if you have an alcohol addiction, you don't hang out in the bar. And so you want to be able to filter those things out of the way, but I don't think it's going to be, if you're um, pursuing down that path and you want to find something, I've been able to find my way around any roadblocks that I've put up. So it's definitely a preventative measure. It's not going to help everything. You need to deal with the the root problem, but it it definitely Mm -hmm. um, helps prevent those triggers from coming up. Yeah. I know we've been talking a lot about what you can see on a computer, but what about just living in a very sexualized culture that we live in today? Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing, too, is uh, just relationships with with girls or guys. I mean, that's a big thing that a lot of the guys in our groups talk about, um, just staying pure and accountable uh, in their relationships with their girlfriends. Um, and it, it, especially with hookup culture, and you can just hop on a dating app and um, find somebody to hook up with pretty easily these days. Um, it's even more relevant um, and more important of a topic to to talk about. And then when you get access to some of the books and the materials, are there um, are there videos as well or some downloads? Is there anything you can get started with? Um, I, I see the Dangerous Men. Is, is it already in its fifth edition, Lowell? Yes. Uh, it's actually the sixth one that's coming out soon. So uh, at DangerousMenUnited.org. And we also have a women's version of the same principles except uh, different, spoken in a different way by a woman. That's called Unveil. So uh, at DangerousMenUnited.org, if you run a group, there's group helps, there's videos to play before each uh, lesson that'll uh, raise the honesty bar for you. There's uh, a download for a coaching guide that'll kind of bring you through each step. You can't miss with that. There's uh, podcasts about an overview, actually some of them with Grant and Shea, an overview of each chapter, kind of the 30,000 foot view of each. So you know where we're going with different Mm -hmm. things and a lot of other resources and training. Yeah. And then Grant and Shea talk about uh, becoming dangerous men for God's kingdom. That's really cool. What does that look like? Yeah, I think the uh, the whole mindset behind that is um, being effective and useful and dangerous for the kingdom. So kind of tying back into the fighting spiritually. Um, Lowell's uh, tagline that he has for dangerous men is be a man to men, a warrior to demons, and always God's boy. Um, so tying in who we are, our identity in Christ, and really being effective uh, for the kingdom and I think when we think about uh, Satan's ultimate goal with lust and with porn is to divide us, A, from relationship with Jesus and then make us ineffective if we already have a relationship with Jesus. And so if we realize that he's just trying to create separation between us and Jesus um, and 
trying to make us as ineffective for the kingdom as possible. Um, and once we just get rid of that issue, then we become dangerous for the kingdom. And yeah. the, and the enemy can uh, will try to take you out with sexual sin, won't he? For sure. All right, Lowell, uh, give us uh, give us one last encouragement uh, for your book. Well, uh, you know, it's a it's a subject that we all need to deal with with our kids and ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I just encourage people to take a step and and talk about it and deal with it. And uh, you know the the website, dangerousmenunited.org or unveilus.org gives you a lot of helps, but um, don't be afraid of it. I, I find a lot of youth ministers are afraid to go there because they still struggle with it themselves. So I would say, okay, uh, deal with it yourself with your friends and then help others. Yeah. All right, Lowell, thank you so much. And Grant and Shay, uh, you've been spectacular guests today on the show. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you. Uh, thanks for us. Yeah, God bless you, and uh, be well. That wraps up our show. Uh, again, the book that we were talking to Lowell Seashore about is the author of a book called Dangerous Men, Beginning the Process of Lust-Free Living. Go to dangerousmenunited.org to learn more about that. Thank you for listening today, and thank you for uh, supporting Faith Radio. I know there's a lot of things going on in the world that just make us uh, a little anxious, but... Uh, Be of good cheer. Uh, God is in control and he's overcome the world. Good night, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.